0: the woman left her water jar. You might say that that's a very small detail in a very, very long gospel story. But I also consider it to be a very important detail. So important, in fact, that I'm going to build my entire homily today around that one verse. The woman left her water jar. Now, why did she do that? From one perspective, at least, my brothers and sisters, it makes absolutely positively no sense. This woman had come to Jacob's well to obtain some water, presumably for her daily needs. Lest we forget, people couldn't just turn on the faucet back then. First of all, they had to find a source of fresh water. And then they had to carry that water in some kind of container back to their home or to wherever they intended to drink or use it, which also wasn't easy. Neither of those things was easy. It wasn't easy to find water. It wasn't easy to carry it around. So what this woman intended to do, get the water she needed for her daily life, was very important. But then she met Jesus Christ. And her priorities change. And that's the point I want to drive home in a powerful way in this homily. Her encounter with Jesus Christ, her personal interaction with the Savior of the world, was so transforming, so transforming, that this extremely high priority in her life, obtaining water for her needs, suddenly became a secondary priority. Which is precisely why St. John mentions this otherwise small detail when he tells the story. I really believe that's why he mentions it. All of a sudden, getting water from that well and bringing it back home was not so urgent. It could wait. It could wait while she proclaimed the message about Jesus to her fellow Samaritans. And what's really, really interesting is the fact that her encounter with Jesus was not initially a pleasant one. In fact, it was anything but pleasant. As we heard a few moments ago, Jesus tells this woman, in effect, that she is spiritually way off base in her ideas, and he tells her, in effect, that she's an adulteress several times over. Well, thank you, Jesus. But to her credit, to her great credit, she doesn't get angry, she doesn't walk away, nor does she close herself off from the truth. Quite oppositely, she accepts the truth that she hears from the mouth of our Lord, and she responds to that truth with faith. In that, she should be a role model for you and for me and for every Catholic on this planet. I ask you this morning, how many Catholics hear the truth? They hear the truth proclaimed to them, for example, in a particular homily, the truth that convicts them of a sin in their life, and they respond by getting angry. They get angry at the priest or the deacon or the bishop whoever happens to be preaching. They tune him out immediately, and they refuse to change their lives. I dare say that kind of scenario happens a lot, and I have a confession today. I've even done that a few times in my own life. I haven't always wanted to hear the truth either. The Samaritan woman, at least on this occasion, did not close herself off from the truth, from the truth of the word of God that came to her through Jesus. And that courageous act of accepting the truth, even when it hurt, changed her. changed her priorities. It changed her entire life. This, therefore, is one of the signs of a living faith. Of somebody who has a dynamic faith that's alive. This is one of the external signs that we've really met the Lord in a personal way in our life. Our priorities get shifted. They get readjusted. Sometimes radically so. For example... Faithfulness to Mass all of a sudden becomes a priority. It becomes more of a priority for us than getting an extra hour of sleep on a Sunday morning. Getting to Mass becomes more of a priority than a sport we like to play or other social activities that we like to engage in. And getting to Mass becomes that kind of priority even when we're on vacation. Yes, even then. Daily prayer becomes a priority, becomes more of a priority than really reading the daily newspaper or the latest bestseller or watching our favorite program on TV. Working at making our family holy and loving becomes a priority, becomes more of a priority than making more money than we really need. Working at forgiveness and reconciliation, especially in our family, becomes a priority. becomes more of a priority than working for more stuff that we're going to leave behind anyway when we leave this life. Going to confession becomes more of a priority than going out to dinner or a movie. Helping the poor in need becomes more of a priority than buying a lot of extra things that we don't really need. Standing up for the sanctity of human life becomes a priority. becomes more of a priority than standing up for the protection of animals. Although if St. Francis of Assisi were here, I'm sure he'd want me to say that doing the latter is also a good thing. But if Jesus has really touched our life and we really know him and are striving to love him and serve him, we will give a special priority to human life. And learning about our Catholic faith will become more of a priority if we know the Lord. It will become more of a priority than learning a lot of useless information on Facebook or other such places. See, those are just some of the priorities that surface in a person who truly knows the Lord. I was reminded of this a couple of weeks ago when I was on vacation. As some of you know, Father Brian Sister and I went to Orlando, Florida, just before Lent began. It was either go to a warm place or go skiing. We decided to go warm for reasons that should be obvious for anybody who's been in New England this past winter. And we made the most of our time down south. We did a lot of things. We went to SeaWorld. We went to Disney's Animal Kingdom. We like zoos. We always go to one when we're away. We went to Busch Gardens. We went to an Orlando Magic professional basketball game. We went to an Atlanta Braves preseason baseball game. We played mini-golf about a dozen times. Father Brian loves to try to beat me in mini-golf. Thankfully, he failed most of the time on this particular trip. We also got to see Sister Dorothy Sayers. Some of you will remember Sister Dorothy. When I first came... To St. Pius in 1988. She was the principal of St. Pius attend 10th School. Now she runs a huge 600 plus student grammar and middle school in Orlando. It was great to see Sister Dorothy again. She's doing very well. She wanted me to say hi to everybody here at St. Pius. Now the reason I mention all this this morning is not to give you an itinerary of what I did in Florida a couple of weeks ago. But it's to tell you about what happened relative to what we did on Saturday, the day we went to Busch Gardens. Bush Gardens is located in Tampa, which is a, roughly a, an hour and a half away from Orlando, at least an hour and a half from where we were standing, staying in Orlando. And Father Brian and I found out on Friday that we could take a shuttle bus on Saturday morning for free from SeaWorld in Orlando to Busch Gardens. It was a door-to-door service, and that sounded a lot better to us than driving an hour or more in heavy traffic and then paying an exorbitant fee at the park at Busch Gardens for our rental car. So we decided to take advantage of the free ride. The only issue was what to do about Mass and our holy hours. You see, on every other day of the vacation, we had gotten up when we felt like it, which usually wasn't too early. Then we celebrated Mass there in the hotel room. We made a holy hour and then went off for the day in that order. But the shuttle to Bush Gardens was only available once. At a relatively early hour of the morning, there were no later buses that day for us to take. So I said to Father Brian on Friday night, I said, look, so that we don't have to rush around early tomorrow morning to get to that shuttle, why don't we just celebrate Mass and make our holy hour at the end of the day when we get back from Tampa? That would be so much easier. Well, Father Brian objected. He didn't like that idea. And his reason for objecting was simple. He said to me, in effect, you know, the Lord deserves the best hours of our day, not the leftovers. I said, ooh, good points. You're right. That meant, of course, that we had to get up an awful lot earlier than either of us wanted to get up on vacation. But priorities, Our priorities. Now, I've known Father Brian for about 20 years. Had he gone to Orlando two decades ago, when he was living what might be called a rather worldly lifestyle as a college student over at URI, had he gone to Orlando back then, I sincerely doubt that it would have been a priority for him to receive the Eucharist and make a holy hour every day. Now, I could be wrong about this, but somehow I think that way back then, sleeping in and taking it easy and a few other things would have trumped getting up extra early to pray and to adore Jesus Christ. But priorities change, sometimes a lot. When you actually meet the Lord in your life. As the Samaritan woman and Father Brian would tell you, the water jars get left behind. And that, my brothers and sisters, is a very good thing.